you empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, my Father, my God. We honor you, we bless you. Now and forever, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please, Revelation, will you close that door, please? Thank you. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank God for the hot Atlanta summer. <laughs> no matter how much the AC is, you're going to feel that heat. Amen. Praise God. I remember uh, three weeks ago on the way from Doha, uh, Qatar, back to Atlanta, we left the airport at 9.50 a.m. heading to Atlanta. As of 9.50 a.m., the temperature was already 100 degrees. I said to myself, I'm glad I'm getting the heck out of this place. <laughs> Whoa, at 9.50 in the morning, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can only imagine what it would be like at about 12 noon or 1 o'clock or 2 p.m. But anyway, praise God. How, how's everybody tonight? Go with me to uh, Luke chapter 24 in your Bible. Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 29. Verse 49, I'm sorry. Salvation, do you know how to put those scriptures on the overhead? If the system is working. Praise God. Luke 24, verse 49. We have been speaking about the Holy Spirit here for weeks now. And I just want to leave us with one uh, truth about this Holy Spirit. Uh, I think the last person that spoke about that, uh, Pastor Tosin, emphasized the fact that the Holy Spirit is a helper. It's a helper, it's a comforter, it's an aid. He comes to assist us. And I just want to impress upon us as we uh, go on week after week after week after week in the next couple of months for us to really take seriously the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us and to us. Uh, the last, well, well, not maybe the last song, one of the songs that the uh, praise team just did nice about Christ in us and it's everything. Everything we need is in him. That helps us to understand what Jesus meant when he told those disciples that it is expedient that he goes away. That after he has gone, he will send the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus knows and we are discovering that everything you and I will ever need, when you got born again, you received it. You received it in your spirit, man. Not in your soul, not in your body, but definitely in your spirit. So you really, one third of you is as God as you can ever be. That is a, not a fact, that is a truth. Amen? That's what the Bible is referring to when it says, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That is true. That is true. But in our human experience, our soul, which is our will, our emotion, and of course our body, have to catch up with that reality. So that's why we have this contrasting, that's, we have, that's where we have this conflict. The Bible says one thing about who we are, and in our realm of human experience, we may not be experiencing all of those things, and sometimes what happens is we begin to say, well, maybe it's not true. That's not true, that's not correct. That's why Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, to these disciples who had witnessed the miracle of resurrection, 
They saw him before he died. They saw him hang on the cross. They knew they put him in the grave. We knew he came out of the tomb. And Jesus says to them, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. The NFV says, until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus recognizes that if these disciples are going to be able to live out the life that he has mapped out or carved out for them, they are going to need a helper in a person and the name of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Now, if those guys who saw Jesus one-on-one and interacted with him one-on-one will need the Holy Spirit actively playing a role in their lives, how much more for me and you? How much can you and I accomplish without the Holy Spirit? Now, remember Jesus himself when he was on the earth. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. Think about that. He opened blind eyes. The lame walked. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. And then he tells us, I can't do it on my own. Even me, Jesus, God on the earth, did it with the aid, the help, the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Should that make the Holy Spirit important to us today? You bet it does. Amen? Amen. Are you guys here or you're just too hot? (laughs) Praise God. So now, how how does a believer, how how do you and I employ the help of the Holy Spirit? How does that happen? How do we employ the help of the Holy Spirit? Now, first, let's let's take a journey. Let's, Let's look at a few scriptures and then we're going to talk and pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's recognize what we are without the Holy Spirit. This, this, I can almost read this whole chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 1, Paul is speaking. He said, And I, brethren, when I came up to you, did not come with excellence of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. In other words, when I came preaching to you, I didn't do it because of my own eloquence. I didn't use my, just my own words and just open my mouth and start, and start speaking because I'm a learned person. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Everything I'm saying to you is from the cross. I was willing Rather, I'm sorry, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. So it's, it's helping you and I know it's humanity. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I heard Andrew Womack say that Billy Graham gave a testimony that his life and ministry actually changed I believe it said 1949. Now that sounds like a long time ago for many of us. Many of us were not born as of that time. But this is what God said to him. God said, Billy, you are really trying so much. He said, but you are no match for the Holy Spirit. He said, you cannot act the Holy Spirit. In other words, Billy Graham was busy trying to convince men, 
You need to be born again. Come to Jesus. Jesus will say, I mean, he, he was so busy using his humanity to compare men to Christ. And God said, that will not do it. You can use all the words in the vocabulary, in the dictionary. That's not what moves men. If God just says, go, and the power of the Holy Spirit is on go, it's over. So that was when his ministry changed. He recognized that, hey, all he had to do was what? Well, just say what God told him to say, and the rest is on God. In other words, he was no longer striving to get the result. He just strived to obey or to yield, and the results started coming. Amen? Okay, let, let's, let's read on here. Verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. In other words, listen, me and you as believers... We must learn to accept the culture of the kingdom of God, not just the culture of the realm in which we're living in. This is going to be critical in days and weeks and months to come. It's going to be very critical. And this is why we have to press in to really, really uh, uh, release the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's within us. Okay, verse 8. No, yeah, verse 8. Is that where we are? Verse 7. Thank you. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That is true. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, the things that God has already prepared for you and I, human wisdom cannot attain to it. You cannot go to Harvard and find out what God's plan for man. They don't know it. They don't know it. This is not saying that these things are not revealable, that we will never be able to know it. It's just saying in the natural, in the natural, the natural mind cannot use his natural wisdom, his physical knowledge to attain to what God has for us as people. But look at verse 10, just so you know that God is not trying to hide it from us. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us. You see the contrast? Verse 9 says, I has not seen it. He has not heard it. He's not entered the heart of man. The things which God has prepared. So he's talking about the natural man. The natural man. The, their eyes have not seen it. Their ears have not heard it. They are, it's not entered their heart. The natural man, that is. But to those of us who are born again, it's been revealed by his spirit. Now, do you guys believe this or are you just watching me? But God has revealed them to us. How? Through his spirit. Let, let me tell you what this means. This means there's no question you have right now that, that's not already answered and the answer is in you. <laughs> I don't think we believe it. But just by the way you, you guys are looking at me, we don't believe it. The Bible just said it. The things your eyes have not seen, the things your ears have not heard, the thing that has not entered your heart, the Bible says they have been revealed past tense. Not that it's going to be revealed. Has been revealed to us. How? By the Spirit. So if we don't have answers, it's because we are searching in the wrong places. 
I'm hoping that God will help us tonight. And if he helps two or three of us, and two or three of us will reach out to our brothers and help two or three more people, that helps two or three more people will be a changed, transformed people. Yeah. Because right here. Now, if we don't believe this, we shouldn't believe anything else in the Bible. We can't just take this out of the Bible and say, well, this one I'm not sure. If you're not sure of this, then you, you can't be sure of your salvation. You cannot be sure of heaven. Because the same Bible that says this is the one that says the rest of them. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Is it just some things? How I'm going to pay my mortgage? It searches them. How I'm going to pay for my tuition? It searches them. How I'm going to put food on the table? Everything, all things, all things, the Bible says. Yes, the deep things of God, the things that are not on the surface, that's deep, deep. He searches all of them. Amen? Amen. Now, this is scriptures. Let me just jump. Let me just jump. Verse 16, last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, just so we can, uh, we're going to be talking about this for weeks to come, so this is not just a one night, one day, one time uh, thing. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Nobody. But then he, he answers the question, he said, but we have the mind of Christ. Right now in us, we, do you, Prof, do you believe we have the mind of Christ? Amen. How about you, Abigail, you believe that? Good, thank you. Joshua, you believe it? Yes. Amen. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. I say, but it doesn't sound like that. Uh, you know, I, I still run into issues. I, I don't have answers to this. I don't have to. That does not remove the truth of what God has done. That may mean that I need to find out how do I get the answers that are already in me. That's the point. That's the essence of everything we are talking about. Let me read one more scripture. So, so uh, actually, look at that verse 14. Oh, let me go back to 1 Corinthians 2.14, just so you see this. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are what? Foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually designed. Could it be that you and I, even though we are spirit beings, we constantly walk in the natural. And that's why we come against roadblocks. We don't get answers because even though we are spiritual beings, we consistently insist on, in living in the flesh and walking in the natural. Amen. Okay, let's just move on. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Verse 27. Now I'm jumping and skipping a lot of scriptures here. First John 2, 27. Look at what the Bible says. But the anointing which you have received from him, from him abides in you. Look at the next sentence. And you do not need that anyone teach you. Whoa. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning what? All things. And is true. And is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. In other words, 
The anointing that is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is in you. It teaches you all things. I don't know where we were, where, where, I met, where we met this guy that worked in, on computers. Do you remember where that was? This guy that was talking to us, he was about to be laid off on his job because he was not productive, he was making a lot of mistakes. He's a computer engineer and he had a problem on his job and he could not. Jack. Okay, thank you. And this guy was about to lose his job. True story. I mean, he got all the books, all the manuals on the software, and battled and battled, and finally his boss said to him, on a, like on a Tuesday, Friday, if you don't solve this problem, you hold territory, you're gone. I need to fire you and hire somebody else. <laughs> Man. Of course, this guy, he started everything he knew. So finally, his wife said to him, have you prayed about this problem? Because for some reason, we think God is not interested in what we do. We think he's only interested in healing cancer, in healing diabetes, in getting me a wife, a husband, a child. We, we think God is not interested in seemingly the mundane things of our life. So when the wife said, Jack, you're studying all night, all day, you go to work the next day, you get more threats in the mess. You back, come back home, your case is getting worse by the day. Have you prayed about this? Jack said, oh, I never thought about that. He prayed about it. One prayer. Overnight, God opened his understanding. He went to work the next day, solved the problem. The man said, man, where did you get this from? The guy who was on the verge of losing his job got promoted. True story. True story. True story. We tend to put God in the compartment. Compartment of spiritual things, praying, studying, speaking in tongues, fasting, but day-to-day -day thing, no, God can't get involved in this. We limit God. We limit God. Now, for as long as you are not believing in natural, we will never experience these things because, natural, because this flesh and the spirit of God, they are enmities, the Bible says. So them, they that are in the flesh can never please God. Can never please God. Amen? No, Romans 8. I'm going to tell you in a minute how, how to resolve this. Romans 8. But I just want to give you enough reasons for you to know that on your own, you are no match. Not for the devil, not for the natural. There's no way you can accomplish what you're trying to do on your own. That's why God gave us a helper. We need help. And he's looking to help us, but we say we don't need you. He will not get, get crash your party. He's looking and waiting to be invited. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Why? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I was just thinking, Joseph, when he was back there being sold in slavery, if you were Joseph back in that day as he was being packaged and sold to the Ishmaelites, what, what will he be praying in the natural? Deliver him from captivity. When, the, when Potiphar's wife accused him and said, you, 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 you tried to rape me, how will he be praying? In the natural, 
the automatic prayer is, ah, God, bring the truth out. Vindicate me. That's what we pray. Because our natural mind kicks in and we begin to relate to the circumstance around us. And you must remember, because you are tripartite, which means you are three in one. You have a spirit, or rather you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body. With your spirit, you contact God and heaven. With your soul, you contact your emotions. Are you happy? Are you sad? What's going on? And with your body, you contact the world. So what's happened to us is because the world in which we live in says you need to pay your bill, you need to do this, you need to do that. Our first response comes out of here. Instead of the God that's in us. Amen? So, I mean, there are many, many examples in the scriptures. Many, many of them. So how do we resolve this? Let's go first to, to the Old Testament scripture, Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. Now, this is going to take some practice. You know, we're not going to, we are laying foundation now, but it's going to take some practice for us to master Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you will what? Draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. God provides the spirit. God provides the help. But you have to take the responsibility to draw. Have you ever seen a person that has a well? The water is in the well. And the, well, and the water just come up on its own and get in your cup and you drink? The well is there. God put the water in the, in the ground. You dug the well, the well is there. Re- willing and ready to serve you. But you have to draw. So how do you and I draw? Let's go to a few scriptures and then we're going to talk about it and we're going to pray. First Corinthians chapter 14. This is how we employ the helper. Now, in this chapter here, Paul is talking about uh, how the Corinthians should conduct themselves in the church service. Okay? Uh, some guys in the Corinthian church, they're coming there boasting and uh, speaking in tongues and just trying to impress other people. Order in place in the church. So it was helping them to know that, well, let's, let's read it and then we'll explain it. Verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2, For he who speaks in tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. This is key. This is key. Let me just give you the bombshell. The issue, the key is, you and I must pray in tongues. That's how you draw from the wisdom that God has already placed in you. It's in there already. It's in there already. So you read in scriptures, you lack understanding, take that scripture, read it, meditate on it, and speak in tongues. On and on and on. Over and 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 over. Because we know what happens when you're speaking in tongues? It nullifies your mind. Your mind, your mind, your mind is in park. Okay, let, let me say that slowly. When you are speaking in tongues, your mind no, that normally fights and mitigates, that's always wandering, going here and going there, when you are speaking in tongues, your mind is at rest. 
He does not fight you. He does not come against you. He does not mitigate against what you are doing at that particular time. Now, hear this. You are not praying in tongues to impress God. I guess I, I, we need to constantly say that because we're not trying to... No, you're not praying in tongues to impress God. God is already impressed with you and he gave you tongues. So he's just saying to you, use what I've given you. This is your means of drawing my resources into your life that you need right now. Now, it does not mean that you pray in tongues for five minutes, you get the answer. No, it means that because you believe that the anointing is in you and the Spirit of God is in you, you continually do so and you'll be surprised. You may get the answer in a day, it may be two days, it may be a month, but I'm telling you, it comes. It comes. This is the key. In this 1 Corinthians 14 passage, Paul mentions in verse 18, he said, I speak in tongues more than you are. Think about that. He started the Philippian church, Corinthian church, Colossian church, Philippian, all and all and on and all. So he said, when you put all of you guys together, I speak in tongues more than all of you. How do you think it came by the revelation that God gave him to where this boy, this, I said this boy, this man wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? How did it happen? Now, let me balance this. You don't pray in tongues with an empty heart. What do I mean by that? You still have to give yourself to the discipline of the study of the word of God. It's not, tongues is not a magic, uh, lazy, what's the, what are all the, all the other adjectives? It's not, it's not just a cop-out to say, I'm going to pray in tongues, I will, I will not study the scriptures. No. The scriptures you study is like firewood that causes the fire to burn. Does that make any sense? You read the scripture. You fellowship with Jesus in the scriptures. And then for clarity and for understanding and for direction, you speak in tongues. That's why tongues is so important. Now, understand the use of tongues. These tongues, pray in tongues that we are talking about, is not just what, when we come together in a corporate setting. I'm talking about in your private closet, in your private time of praying and talking to God. Because as you speak in tongues, the Bible says you, you, you are the one that's edified. You are built up. Jude tells us that we, uh, uh, we, 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 uh, we, uh, uh, we are in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Huge. We don't do enough of that. Again, remember, we are not praying in tongues to, praise, to, to impress God. But because God has given us this means, he has given us this means to release what's already in us. It's in us already. With joy, we are to draw from the words of your salvation. It's there. Either we believe it or we don't. Yeah. Now, did I make the point? Do you guys understand what I said tonight? The Holy Spirit is a helper. He has come to help us, to assist us, to comfort us. But the way we get him into the play is to draw. First, you recognize you don't have the answer. That is important. And, and for me and you, it's a learned process. Let me tell you what I mean by being learned process. Our default is something happens, I take natural consequence, I'm going to do something about it. That's who we are. That's the way we are. 
Let, let, let me give it. Let me. Uh, I don't know if I should go here. But I told you, you, you relate to this because you're a financial guy. Uh, uh, I came home today. <laughs> My wife and I and Bradiola and Ngozi were coming from a What is the I've not done. But we sat in a meeting today, and this guy said something, and I knew right away he was talking to me. I prayed in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes, and you know what I did? I caught fidelity. I unloaded all my stock. I, I, I knew, but I think they wouldn't know you wouldn't understand what I'm saying. I sold everything. I didn't take the cash out, because I'm going to buy again. But I sold everything today. Now, I've told my wife about two, three weeks ago that I'm going to do this. But things happen, I procrastinate. I say I will do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week. But today, it's as if God had a loudspeaker and was blaring it in my ear, in my ear. Sir! No, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't, I have no idea. It may have, it, in the natural, it may be like a foolish, idiotic move. But you know what? I'd rather learn with God by being an idiot than play it safe. I sold everything. The guy said, You want to sell? I said, Yeah. He said, You want the cash? I said, no, I don't want the cash. Just sell it and put it there. Yeah. So, if they put Trump in jail and the stock market crashes, <laughs> hallelujah! <laughs> I'm out of the market. <laughs> Professor, <laughs> Professor is looking at me. Do I GOP cut off? No, but seriously, no, no. No, seriously. This man of God had a big meeting in Mexico. We heard that today. In Mexico. Andrew Womack. Meeting is set. Posters have gone out. A week or a few days before the meeting. He's praying in Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit goes, cancel the meeting. Listen, I'm telling you, if you're going to work with God, you must be willing to get to that place where the natural totally, completely does not matter. You must be willing to get to the edge of the cliff. And if God don't help you, you jump, fall, and just break. Humpty Dumpty. That's what it's going to take. But I guarantee you, the more you walk with God and see God confirm what he's saying to you, the more emboldened you are. You might cancel the meeting and say, ah, this is terrible. What's going to happen? Hey, people are coming. We booked the hall. We did this. We did that. You know what happened? The plane crashed. The flight you would have been on crashed and everyone perished. But the key there was the peace that they felt. Having prayed in the Holy Ghost and God said, cancel it. Everybody was yelling, ah, this, oh God, this is terrible. You're going to do this. Your name is destroyed. You are finished. You will never, Mexico will never receive you again. What would it have mattered if he died in the plane crash? Yeah. So I don't know where you are, but I'm desperate for God. God has promised me some things that I've not seen yet. 
And I do not want to leave this planet until those things come to pass. And that's why I want to press in. And that's why I'm telling you, we need, first of all, if you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because that's what activates and releases what God has placed in you to come out so you can get a revelation, you can get clarity, you can get answers, and you can get directions. Amen? You have any questions? Yes. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> Yes. I wish more people understand this is the main body grace. Amen. That we can come and appreciate the nuggets we receive. As we are just ministry now, I think back. I have not witnessed deliberate service in this house to impart the gift of speaking in tongues. Can we consider it as part going forward? Yes. As part of this, because as you are saying this now. Yes. I mean, I remember clear instances, especially when I was very active speaking in tongues early in the morning during my devotion. I remember how I used to receive ministration, <laughs> but later on, <laughs> I got caught up with life. But I have not, I don't remember deliberate service. Yeah or pattern yes. in this house yes. whereby people are instructed, yes. are led yes. or directed on how to yield themselves yes. to the ministry of the Holy Spirit Amen. and get demonstration Amen. by speaking in tongues. Amen. You are right. And we're heading there. That's why for weeks now we've been talking about Holy Spirit. We have to prepare the ground and prepare the people so that when we start uh, the activation, people's heart will be ready. You see, because if you, you, you don't want to give what's holy to the dogs or cast your pearls before the swine, there must be understanding. If there's no understanding, you're asking people to do something that they have no idea what the benefit is. But when you recognize that your life without the Holy Spirit is an exercise in fertility, and you can take people to the scriptures and they can see it, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Especially in this place, in this country, where we have so many pseudo-Holy Spirits. You get in the jam, you pull out your plastic card. What do you need the Holy Ghost for? What do you need the Holy Spirit for? Your, your master card and visa is the Holy Spirit. You know I don't, you know I don't mean it like that. But, but the point I'm making is, we are, we, we've not gotten to that point of desperation where we have no human answers. And therefore, people take some things for granted. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. But we don't need to get to that point because God is looking to show himself, the Bible says, mighty in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. It's his desire. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It doesn't matter what you are faced with. It does not matter. We just read it. All things, small and large, the Holy Spirit wants to get involved. So our problem is always that we, first of all, pray in the natural, based on how we feel. Based on how we feel. And that's why I give the example of uh, Joseph. How about Esther? If Mordecai had not prevailed on her, and she responded and said, let's pray and fast, what would have happened? All the Jews would have perished. Any other question? 
Maybe this should be the exp yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it off? Okay. Is it on now? Okay. Okay. Both me and my husband, we attended uh, Scripture Partial Christian Center. Yes. Ibadan, Songo Ibadan. Yeah. And that's where we have the School of the Spirit. Yes. We usually do some services like uh, speaking in tongue one hour before service. Yes. Maybe we should start with something like that, that some people can come in, you know, speaking in tongues for a couple of one hour before we start service. And it helps, you know, uh, a lot. And men usually stay three hours after. My husband usually stay three hours after speaking in tongues. <laughs> Amen. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's very it's good. The scripture pastor. Because, yes. Uh, that's where we have the school of the spirit. Amen. Pastor Luby Johnson. Amen. So, yeah. OJ, yes. OJ. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, we do that every time. And so we are used to that in, the, in our house when we pray. Then we pray in the spirit. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're heading there. I don't know exactly how God will do it in this house. Uh, and that's the, that's the thrill that we, that we are open to the spirit of God. We are praying what, 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 how will God want to uh, radically change us. And, uh, you know, rather than me just say, okay, we're going to pray one hour. We're going to do a school of the, Let's ask God, what does he want to do here? How does he want to do it? And which method does he want to use? Because when God speaks it, it, it I mean, the result is evident. You, you, man will not have to argue with, with, man cannot argue with the result. But we just need to get the mind of God and, uh, and really pray about it. And not just pray in the natural, but pray in the spirit. Say, God, we want to see your glory. You promised it. How do you want to do this? And just pray it over time and, and see what God, how God answers that prayer. But I'm confident that it will answer it. I'm confident. But we must do that praying, and then we'll get our result. Anybody else? No one else? Okay. Well, let's pray in tongues. We taught it, let's do it. <laughs> Praise God. Let's do it. Let me say this as we... Brother Ola, can you just get on the, on the thing for a minute there? Thank you. Let me say this as we, as, we, as we do this. Let's pray in the spirit. Not just for a few minutes. And then I want you to be bold. To be able to come, maybe not come out. When we stop and tell us. If in fact God has placed anything in your heart. Because if you don't start it. And expect. Nothing's going to happen. It's just going to be an exercise in fertility. So what I'm saying to you is. I'm releasing you. To take the liberty in the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, as we're praying this with, you, you don't even, it does not even have to all make sense. Okay, let, let me give an example. Let me give an example. Uh, there's this guy in California, what's his name again? Uh, Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson. He's part of Bethel. All those Bethel songs, the songs we sing in Sanctuary, uh, Yes and Amen, No Longer Slaves. He pastors a church in California called Bethel Church. They have a school of ministry. The students pray just like we're about to pray now. And the idea is, after they finish praying, they're going to go out to evangelize. Okay? So they prayed, and they got together in pairs, two people each. And after they prayed, they stopped and said, okay, what did God say to you? True story. And one of them said, oh, I saw, uh, it's, it's a name, uh, spiders 
I saw a spider and a house. But it didn't make any sense, a spider and a house, what does that mean? So what they did was, they went out on the street, and before they finished working a block, they actually saw a store, you know, a, 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 a pub that's a spider's house. Now, they didn't know the place was there. Do you understand what I just said? In, in just in praying, they were impressed with the two words, spider and house. They got out on the street and actually found a building that had that name, Spider's House. What do you think that did for them? They were confident that God was sending them there. This is knowledge they did not have 10 minutes before then. And they were not waiting to get a, 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 a nice uh, a, a, a lecture to say, uh, uh, this is the day that the, God, the Lord has made. No, nothing like that. They just got two words. So what I'm saying to you is, as we pray now, you may only get two syllables or three syllables, maybe even one. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore whatever you hear, whatever impression you feel. Speak it out. And if it doesn't make any sense now, let God begin to pray on, continue to pray on it until there's a clarity about what God is saying to and showing to you. Yeah. Those guys went to the place. People, are, people got born again just like that. So, let's pray in this in tongues. And be confident that God is going to say something to you. And when that happens, share with us. So we can just bless God. Amen? Hallelujah.